Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hello, I'm Janet Morana, Executive Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to our program. Well, of course, as you know, by and large, I'm always talking about abortion, but as we say, from the womb to the tomb. And so today we're going to talk about end-of-life issues, euthanasia, and assisted suicide. But that doesn't always mean elderly people. People have to realize euthanasia, assisted suicide happens even to young people. And that's why we have to really talk about this issue. Because here in the United States, um, we're in a lot of trouble. Because there are some states, it's very legal. In other states, there's a push to legalize it, maybe in your state. And in this program, we're going to tell you the terms, tell you the definitions. We're going to go through some of the states. And we're going to equip you to get involved to prevent euthanasia and assisted suicide in your state. Well, joining me today is an expert on this topic. He's a Canadian and uh, he's been fighting this fight for many, many years. And he also takes all his Canadian knowledge and he helps lobby and get groups going here in the United States to help stop it. Joining me is Alex Schattenberg, Executive Director of the Euthanasia Prevention Coalition. Alex, welcome to the program. Thank you, Janet. It's uh, it's great being on your program, and uh, it's really important, as you're saying, because there's a lot of threat with assisted suicide in America right now, and this is an important topic to be uh, to be focusing on. Absolutely right. So I just want to we we covered this before in a program, but just for quickly for those who missed last week's program, uh, euthanasia yeah. means the doctor is the person or the nurse practitioner or the nurse who actually administers the drugs to kill you. Assisted suicide means they prescribe the drugs, you get the drugs, and then you do it to yourself, right? So that's the basic difference, right, in the term. That's the difference. The difference is not the drugs. The difference is not the purpose or the meaning or the reasons. Is how it's actually carried out in the end. Yes, absolutely. And euthanasia is lethal injection, whereas assisted suicide is a lethal prescription. You have to technically take yourself. And I use the word technically because... um, if somebody is uh, having difficulty taking the drug or let's say they didn't seem to die quick enough, uh, there might be a doctor, nurse or volunteer from Compassion Choices that might actually complete the act. Then it becomes euthanasia. But who would know the difference? Who really would know right. the difference? So, yeah, yeah. they become very confused. Yeah. Yeah. So here in the United States, because, of course, we know up in Canada, it's all legal there through all the provinces, correct? That's that's the status in Canada. Sadly, yes. Yes. Yeah. But here in America, just tell us, you know, like where where do we stand right now of the 50 states? Who who has what? (laughs) Okay. Okay. so there's 10 jurisdictions that have legalized assisted suicide. Now, I have good news, though, I should say first before I get into all the data. And that is that uh, there have been no new legalizations of assisted suicide in 2022. And that's a big situation because, you know, uh, the assisted suicide lobby put a ton of money, I mean, a ton of money into uh, New York and Connecticut and Massachusetts because they were trying to 
win those states. They thought that this was a good year to win several states. The, the assisted suicide lobby were thinking that, especially since they weren't sure what was going to happen at the midterm elections coming up. And they were thinking, well, if we can get a few more states in and in these states that are controlled by people that we have enough votes to win, they would they would uh, you know gain in the U.S. And they didn't win any states this year. In fact, Connecticut has had an assisted suicide bill 10 years in a row. And every year at the end, they always pulled the bill because they didn't have enough votes to get it through. This year, it went to a vote and it got defeated. So, you know, you know, for, thank you to those people in Connecticut who have been at it every single year. You think that uh, they'd be thinking, well, we know what's going to happen this year in the Connecticut legislature. We're going to have an assisted suicide bill. And we're going to be fighting it again. Uh, but, you know, New York, uh, Massachusetts, uh, we just they just closed the session in Massachusetts and the assisted suicide bill did not go to a vote. We were being told it was going to go to a vote, but there is something else going on in Massachusetts. But I mean, where it's legal is what's important. And this is a sad reality that it's legal in 10 jurisdictions, uh, the biggest being California. I know California is a is a big state, but you have uh, 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 Colorado, the District of Columbia, Hawaii, Maine, New Jersey, New Mexico, Oregon, Washington State, Vermont and California. Now. What's more concerning to me than even the fact that they keep pushing assisted suicide in more and more states, that's incredibly uh, uh, you know, difficult that we're constantly having to fight. Every year, there's 20 different states or so that have assisted suicide bills. Some of them, they never go to a vote because there wasn't enough support for it. Quite a few of them, they go to a debate and a vote and they get defeated. Some of these states have been facing bills year after year after year after year, and they've been defeated every time, or they just didn't go to a vote, as I say. But the constant pressure on people who oppose assisted suicide because every year it's coming up over and over again. But there's now a big push by the assisted suicide lobby to expand assisted suicide in the states where it's legal already. And this has been, a, a you know, you can see where things are going because they're trying to make it easier and easier to get assisted suicide, which is what? The doctor or the nurse agreeing that your life is not worth living and they're going to they're going to be directly involved and legally involved with causing your death. So, for instance, this uh, last year, you had California uh, pass a bill which expanded the assisted suicide law. What they did is they eliminated the waiting period of 15 days. They waived it. If someone's near to death, there's no waiting period. Uh, if they're near to death, just let them die a natural death. You don't have to go kill them. Like, like it's not necessary, but nonetheless, that they did that. And on top of it, they changed the law because the original California law, which passed in 2016, provided protections for doctors and nurses who didn't want to participate in assisted suicide, doctors and nurses who were opposed to killing people, didn't want to have anything to do with it. Uh, the new, um, the amendment to the law, the change law, now requires them to participate in two ways. The one thing it does is it says that if a doctor receives a request for assisted suicide, even if that doctor opposes assisted suicide, that will be deemed as the first request. So what that means is it requires two requests. Therefore, they're saying to doctors who oppose assisted suicide, you're going to be forced to be part of the process of killing somebody. On top of it, they're forced to refer now. So the original law said they didn't have to refer. They didn't have to be part of it. They didn't have to in any way participate. Now the law requires them to participate. So what's happened is a group of Christian doctors and Catholic doctors and a few others have launched a court case against the uh, the legislation to try and strike it down based on their conscience rights. And it's an important so, thing. If you, if you don't believe in killing someone, you shouldn't be forced to participate. Yes, Janet. So Alex, okay, California is a very big state, but suppose you Huge. live in a state, you know, within driving distance of California and assisted suicide and euthanasia is not legal in your state. 
Is there any way you're allowed to drive into California and request assisted suicide, even if you're not a resident of the state? Well, that's the big push now by the assisted suicide lobby, because uh, that's the other big change that's happened is Oregon. So the assisted suicide lobby ran a court case against the Oregon law. So uh, assisted suicide has been legal in Oregon since the late 90s. And so what they said is that it was unconstitutional that they required you to be an Oregon resident to die by assisted suicide. Now, here's this problem of definition creep. The problem with these things is that in Oregon, they treat it as medical treatment. They refer to it as a medical act, even though there's nothing medical about it. It doesn't treat any illness, any condition. It's about killing people. That's what it is. It's not about a medical act, but they defined it that way. So they said that in Oregon, doctors are all the time uh, dealing with patients Like you might have a specialist who's dealing with patients who's out of, who are, who's out of, out of state patients. So they said that assisted suicide, it's unconstitutional to deny it to, to patients who are from out of state. And the Oregon Medical Health Authority, what they did is they, they instead of fighting the case, they decided, okay, we'll drop that from the law. So right now in Oregon, people can go to Oregon and die by assisted suicide, whether they live in uh, Florida or whether they live in a state near Oregon or they live in Oregon, it wouldn't matter. Um, now, right now it's being interpreted that they have to have the approval process done in Oregon. Uh, but uh, there's a whole bunch of things being going on right now with the shifting. The assisted suicide lobby is now pushing all those states that I listed. There's 10 jurisdictions that are listed that have legalized it. They're pushing them to also drop the residency requirement. And so, therefore, in the future, uh, California is going to face a lot of pressure next year probably to drop that residency requirement, meaning that people would go from out of state also to California, et cetera. Now, I said there's 10 states. The assisted suicide lobby, they know that there's quite a few states like Texas or Florida or Mississippi that they're never going to legalize assisted suicide. And it's just not going to happen. The legislators are just not going to legalize doctors killing their patients. This is not going to happen. So therefore, what they're trying to do is they're trying to set up regional killing centers. And they've made it quite clear, you know, places like New Mexico and Colorado uh, would then take care of a whole region and uh, other, you know, like New Jersey. If, uh, if they can't get New York to legalize assisted suicide because they've been pushing hard on New York for a long time and they haven't got it yet. So, um, you know, the the people opposing assisted suicide have been successful in New York. And this is a you know, wonderful situation. But New Jersey has legalized assisted suicide. So if New Jersey dropped the residency requirement, then they would just say people would go to New Jersey. You know, right. this is what they're pushing. They fall further and further liberalization. The other thing, of course, is taking away the waiting periods. Uh, finally, the whole thing about telehealth. So Vermont uh, amended their assisted suicide law, and now they allow assisted suicide by telehealth. And that's been already sort of going on anyway in other states, because as I said, in Oregon, they define it as medical treatment, which is makes it very loosey-goosey, but that means they were also doing some approvals by telehealth in Oregon, and I believe Washington State was also doing the same. But Vermont's now amended their law. They allow assisted suicide by telehealth. So what that means is people would never have to visit their patients whatsoever. Uh, the patient would just talk to them over the, over the screen. They would say, yes, I think we can approve you for assisted suicide. It would be signed off with the second person signing off, and on we go. You may say, Alex, it's not that simple. I say, well, wait a second. The second doctor never unless the second doctor is one who actually has some ethics, never actually um, visits the patient. They just approve 
the uh, what the first doctor has said. So that they yeah, feel that it's like they're signing off. Approval, yeah, it's like they're signing off on the paperwork, so to speak. That's right? all they're essentially doing. They're getting a little paycheck to sign off for the paperwork. And if you look at right. the data, like Compassion Choices, which is the big assisted suicide group, they are responsible for almost all the assisted suicides in the state of Oregon, for instance. And they are quite clear that you know you go to Doctor A. Uh, and Dr. A is an assisted suicide doctor that's on the compassion choices list. And then once the Dr. A approves you, you are then referred to Dr. B, who doesn't even have to see you. And then they are on the assisted suicide list and they approve you. They sign off and it's all right. done. It's it's not about actually really being concerned about your life, your health, your condition. And, and, I, and I mentioned to you, like, for instance, they say, well, there's a safeguard in Oregon. That you know you you can't die by assisted suicide if you've got mental illness or issues around mental health questions and that. And yet, of the 383 prescriptions written last year in Oregon, only two people were sent for a psychiatric or a psychological assessment. Only two. Only two. And you're telling me that only two people who are nearing death, wow. who might be seeking death, who might be going through suicidal ideation, only two of them are having psychological or psychiatric concerns. Are you telling me that? That, that that's unbelievable. Sorry, that is unbelievable. Um, that just means that uh, that's just a further abandonment is what's going on. And, and that's just well, the reality. Well, Alex, just like we said previously, depression is a big factor in someone yes. who has some sort of illness. Depression is huge. Well, boys and girls, depression is a psychological problem and it can Absolutely. be treated. Depression can be treated you know, where the person might need some counseling and some medication to help the depression to make them feel calmer and happier, maybe. And therefore, they wouldn't be asking for suicide. That's real neglect there where only two out of all those cases, Good. they said, oh, there was a psychological problem. But here's another Absolutely. question that people ask me a lot, Alex. In a state like Oregon, uh, where they've had assisted suicide and euthanasia for a long time, some people say to me things like, well, I'm afraid if I'm in a hospital and I have a serious thing happen to me that they're going to try and kill me. Is there a danger in a state that already has euthanasia, has assisted suicide? Like are the, like, uh, the champions of death circling around in hospitals to say like, oh, well, this patient's terminal. Like, oh, maybe we should come in and, and like, can some, can they kill that person? I mean, can a doctor because they have those laws on the books, help that person exit out quicker? Well, the fact of it is, is that now that the states are getting rid of those waiting periods, because the original laws all had a 15-day waiting period. So if you looked at Oregon, its original law had a 15-day waiting period. And in 2019, the, the Oregon legislature removed the 15-day waiting period and changed it to a 72-hour waiting period. But then it says that can be waived if the person appears to be nearing death. And as I said, why don't you just let them die a natural death? Why don't you just, right. I'll tell you a quick story. Just, you know, we've got euthanasia in Canada and there was a big issue because there's this person in Winnipeg who had asked for euthanasia, but they were in a Catholic hospital. So of course the Catholic hospital wasn't going to do it, but they were demanding that they wanted to die by euthanasia. So the Catholic hospital then agreed to transfer them to the non-Catholic hospital. So, because they said, well, we, we're not going to do it. We're not going to participate but you do have the right of transfer. So they were transferring this person. The person died in the ambulance on the way to the other hospital. So that's a natural death. They died of their medical condition. Nobody killed this person. And then all the articles in the newspaper were saying how terrible it was this person was denied their right to die. That's insane. <laughs> the person died a natural death on the way to the public hospital. No one, 
this person didn't need to die by lethal injection. But anyway, so what's your concern is now that they've eliminated the waiting periods for people who are nearing death. So of course it's possible that someone could be going through a, a serious situation and then be sort of moved on their mortal coil. I get calls all the time. And here's the thing. I got a call from a, a, a woman who said, my brother-in-law has asked for euthanasia. And this is someone who goes to church every Sunday. And uh, we can't figure out why he's asked for euthanasia. And and I s started talking to her and everything. And I'm, I'm saying, oh, that's, that's okay. Well, he was nearing death. And he was really coming to a point where he was, you know, emotionally and psychologically on edge. And he was wanting his death just to come. You know, he had he'd actually been in in hospice for a period of time. He had been approaching death for over two months now. He wanted it just to happen, but he was wanting euthanasia. And the question was, well, why would someone who has a faith and everything? It's because he's human and he was going through a real psychological, emotional, you know, his you got to understand what it means to be human, right? We, we are physical beings. Yes, absolutely. And we have belief systems and everything, but we're also emotional, psychological, and spiritual beings. And a lot of us go through a lot of difficult doubt and emotional angst and psychological issues as we're approaching death. And it's normal as a human being to experience that. So you can see how someone might ask for euthanasia, not because they're demanding it or they wish this, or this is part of their lifestyle that they've always wanted. No, it's because they're going through a difficult time and they're human. So this is the same in Oregon as it would be for that couple that I that I had called me from Ontario in that situation. And his wife was just so upset, she just couldn't believe it. These were, you know, believing Catholics, and her husband's asking for euthanasia. She was beside herself. Because I said to, to the woman, how come his wife isn't calling me? How come it's, it's you, his sister-in-law, calling me? And she says, well, his wife can't talk to anybody. She's so distraught by this. She can't believe that this has happened. And, you know, and this is the reality of these things. You know, sometimes people ask for death, not because they were seeking death, but because they were going through such an emotional distress at that time in their life that they stopped being themselves as they were before. They're so affected by it. That's like, you know, like wearing blinders. You can't see beyond. You could call it right. almost like a deep, deep type of depression. People who have gone through real deep depression will understand exactly what I'm talking about. They, you, go, you go so deep in your depression, sometimes you can't see the world anymore for really what it is. Right. Yeah, so, so, there, so Alex, it's a threat. So here here in America, as you stated, there's 10, uh, well, nine states in the District of Columbia, 10 places where persistent suicide euthanasia exists right now. And, you know, I think back to Roe v. Wade, that before Roe v. Wade, which we just thanked Speed of God overturned, um, before Roe v. Wade, there was a handful of states where abortion was legal. And then in swept the federal and the, and, you know, the, um, the, the judges who somehow made a right to abortion and then boom, didn't matter if your state had a law saying abortion's illegal, it made abortion legal in all 50 states. Is there a right. danger here in the United States of something happening federally to, to kind of do to us what, what Roe v. Wade did with euthanasia or are we pretty much, it's just trying to chip away state by state. What's the landscape with that? Okay, so I'm not saying that there wouldn't be a way federally of legalizing assisted suicide euthanasia in the U.S. What I'm saying is in 1997, the Glucksburg court decision at the Supreme Court had, because uh, there was a challenge uh, to the assisted suicide regimes, and uh, I mean, not to the regime, to uh, the anti-assisted suicide, the pro prohibition on assisted suicide, the Glucksburg case. And the Glucksburg Supreme Court said that there is no right to assisted suicide in America. And that was... Uh, 
you know, a unanimous decision. But then they said, but states have the right to decide. So that's why you get a state by state situation with assisted suicide. And that's exactly how it's set up. So is it possible that the federal government could do something? Uh, I'm not saying it isn't, but I'm saying it's unlikely. It's probably going to continue to go state by state. In the same way as I was talking about now that uh, the estates are pushing to eliminate these residency requirements, that the assisted suicide lobbies decided to try and set up these regional state places that will do like this regional, you know, this state has a sister suicide clinic, you can go to New Jersey type thing. That's, that's exactly what they're pushing right now, because they, they're totally realizing that it's very unlikely that certain states will ever legalize assisted suicide. So in order to kill the people in that state, they need a nearby state to allow it to happen. And that's exactly where they're pushing. So I guess it's yeah. sort of similar to what might happen in the U.S. in some states now also, uh, pro, uh, you know, post row. Uh, what I will say, though, is that uh, the assisted suicide lobby is pushing more and more and more towards euthanasia even. Um, actually, I should back up first. There is the issue also of the right to assisted suicide in the courts for states, because Massachusetts right now has a case before it, before the uh, state Supreme Court, that hasn't been decided yet. So the, the case has been heard. It's at the court. They haven't made, put out a decision yet. And uh, this doctor in uh, Massachusetts challenged their law. And in Massachusetts, assisted suicide is illegal. It's prohibited. And he challenged the law saying that there's a right to assisted suicide in Massachusetts. So that decision's not come down yet. I'm assuming it will not come down in favor of the doctor who challenged the law. But we don't know until we see the decision. But that's just as equally concerning if, if several, several states have a supposed right to assisted suicide. Because obviously, if you have a right to assisted suicide... Uh, let's just get brutally honest about this. If they declare there's a right to assisted suicide in Massachusetts, for instance... Even the concept of teenagers being denied assisted suicide would have to be thrown out the window. If there's a right to assisted suicide, how could you deny it to children if there's a right to assisted suicide? How could you say that it could only be 18 up? How could you deny it to people with mental illness if there's a right to assisted suicide, right? You know, you have to understand the language and what it means. And that's exactly uh, where uh, we'd become concerned because it would just explode uh, in other states then too if Massachusetts went that way. So, so, um, so far we've defined then Massachusetts obviously is a vulnerable state because it keeps coming up on the legislature yeah, for, yeah. for, you know, to be considered Connecticut. What other states are vulnerable like that where every year there seems to be a bill, sometimes there's no vote, it gets this far, there's not enough support, sometimes it goes to the floor, they vote, but it doesn't pass. So besides Massachusetts and, and Connecticut, what other states are vulnerable now where Everyone, you know, it's very important because, Alex, here in, in the U.S., <laughs> we have elections coming up in November where yeah, you know, on the federal level, all yeah. the entire House of Representatives up for election, a third of the Senate. But then in the states, their their state legislature houses have all kinds of seats up for yeah. re-election. Re so asking where candidates stand, like you know, on the pro-life engine here, we're always worrying about where they stand on abortion. And that, and that people right away say, well, if you're pro-life, you're 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 against abortion. But don't we have to also start asking where do they stand on euthanasia it's and assisted suicide. suicide, right? So, so what, are the states, what are the states are vulnerable looking at this important election? Well, New York's a big one. Like the assisted suicide lobby has been putting a lot of pressure into New York and a lot of money into New York for quite a few years. And, and um, they haven't been able to win New York. And I'm not 100% sure why, to tell you the truth. It looks like they might have the votes, but there seems to be certain people who are 
uh, maybe uh, older legislators who've been there a long time within the Democratic Party who don't support assisted suicide and who have been making sure that it's not been going to a vote because they've been pushing very hard for a long time in New York. And so you have those uh, the main eastern states that they've been pushing very hard, as I say, such as Connecticut and New York. And there's a few other Maryland. Maryland has had bills year after year after year. And a couple of those bills have uh, have passed in one committee and failed in another committee. And it's been going on for a very long time. So you have states that, uh, you know, I shouldn't say it this way because it's not exactly that way. Like there's some Democrats who oppose assisted suicide. But for the most part, it's those states that have a Democrat governor, a Democrat House and a Democrat Senate. They, they, these are the states where we're really concerned. There are some Republicans that have voted in favor of assisted suicide, too. But for the most part, they don't. And for the most part, Democrats vote uh, have, have been uh, in favor of assisted suicide and some only a few against. Uh, what's interesting in Connecticut, though, was the vote recently in Connecticut to um, to defeat assisted suicide. There were some very progressive type liberals who voted against assisted suicide. And I think that makes total sense. I don't think assisted suicide is a progressive issue at all. Giving your doctor the right of law to cause your death doesn't seem very progressive to me. The concept of having somebody in law who could cause your death you know, caring for someone seems pretty progressive to me. You know, really promoting your healthcare system to have, you know, resources to care for the dying. That seems pretty progressive. Uh, the concept of killing people who are uh, who are going through a difficult time in their life doesn't seem very progressive. The other thing is how this issue uh, divides out by, um, uh, you know, by uh, different groups. So, for instance, California, if you look at the last data out of California, uh, 39% of California is Latino, 35% of California is white. And yet, almost all the assisted suicides in California were done on white people. Like, it was almost 90% were on white people. And very few Latinos have assisted suicide. And if you look at the polling, uh, the polling shows Latinos and black people are very much not supportive of assisted suicide. Now, there's many good reasons for that. If you're someone who's experienced discrimination, the concept of giving your doctor the right in law to be involved with causing your death doesn't seem as exciting if you've experienced discrimination. It's the same reason why people with disabilities are so strongly opposed to assisted suicide. A lot of people with disabilities have a very liberal outlook on life, and yet they're very opposed to assisted suicide. And it's because they're saying, well, when I go to the doctor, I'm fighting for my right to receive care. Why would I give my doctor the right in law to cause my death? Why would I do that? Because and when right. I say this, I'm being very clear about it. When you read the bills, read the Oregon law, read the new, the uh, you know the New Mexico law. What is it about? Yes, I have to ask for assisted suicide. That's true, but the the law is all about the rules the doctor or the nurse must follow in order to approve and then cause my death. That's what the law is about. The law is about giving doctors and some states nurses the right of law to cause my death. That's what the law is about. That's what it does, right? And that's why you should be so concerned. Uh, okay, Killing is never so, a good idea. So Alex, in closing, yep. please tell everyone how to get more information, your website, where to go, and uh, just so that they're on guard more here in, in America about stopping this. Well, under my name, it says epcc.ca, and that is the website. So you go to our website, Euthanasia Prevention Coalition. And on top of it, you can link up my face and go to my blog, and then you go to all the different topics and read about the topics. The biggest way to oppose assisted suicide is to call it what it is. Talk about what it is. Don't use the language of the other side. We call it what it is. Be, be very clear. People, when it comes down to it, are not so loving of the idea of one person killing another. They're just not. That's right. 
Well, Alex, thank you for opening our eyes uh, to this issue. And I hope everyone that you've learned a lot today and realize that just like abortion, euthanasia and assisted suicide is also a danger here in America. So thank you for joining me, Alex. Thank you, Janet. Okay, God bless. Well, brothers and sisters, I hope you see this as another important issue for this coming November election. Please ask those candidates, get them on record. Where do they stand on euthanasia and assisted suicide? And remember, God's way is the only way to deal with these things. Death, you know, life is always a good. Isn't that what they say? Life is always a good. So thank you for joining me. And until next time, it's Janet Morana, Executive Director of Priest for Life, Pro-Life, and no more abortion and no more euthanasia. God bless. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.